on Palm Sunday. In the homily, I made reference to what are called the seven last words of Christ, seven times that a dying Jesus struggled for every breath to speak from the cross, words that would be pondered by those who heard them then and those who still listen to them now. We heard four of those last seven statements of Christ from the cross in the Passion just proclaimed from the Gospel of John, John's Passion, recited every year on Good Friday. Woman, behold your son, entrusting his own mother, not only to John the Evangelist, but to the church as a spiritual mother, and telling John, behold your mother, making sure that we could always look to her for support and grace in times of difficulty. But then in verse 28 of chapter 19, Jesus said, I thirst. His humanity was passing from us. And then, of course, in verse 28, it is finished. Jesus finally having accomplished the Father's will. What are the other three statements? We heard it in last Sunday's psalm for Palm Sunday. Psalm 22, when Jesus was quoting the scriptures, My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? And then, of course, in Luke, today's psalm, 31, into your hands, Lord, I commend my spirit. And it's also in Luke where Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Jesus quoting the scriptures to let it be known that on the cross, he was fulfilling the Father's plan set out long ago, fulfilling statements and psalms written a thousand years before he went out to the cross. But there's one other thing that happened when Jesus died that John doesn't record, but we did hear it in the Passion on Palm Sunday, and it was in Matthew chapter 27, verse 51. When Jesus breathed his last, it told us that darkness covered the earth, blackest night in the middle of the day. There was an earthquake, but also the curtain of the temple was rent in two, torn from top to bottom. We don't stop very often to think about the significance of that temple curtain or its tearing and what that means. We think of a drape in the window, something blowing in the wind. But we have to remind ourselves of the grandeur of that temple and the size and thickness of that curtain in order for us to really understand what's being communicated at Jesus' death when that temple curtain was torn. This church is not the biggest here in Jackson in our diocese or in the country, but the temple was so huge it would have taken up more than the city block on which this church, school, and parking lot exist the temple was the largest building in Jerusalem. It could be seen uh, coming up from the valleys in every direction. For most people who visited as pilgrims, it was the most outstanding human achievement they would ever witness on earth. And it had stood for a thousand years by the time Jesus hung on the cross within sight of it, built by Solomon. And it took 46 years to construct it. And in that temple... There was the Holy of Holies in which no one but the high priest could go, and even then, only once a year. And then there was the temple porch. That's where Jesus was. That's where most of the pilgrims were. That's as close as they could get. What was in the Holy of Holies? Well, it's the Ark of the Covenant. Who can see the face of God and live? We learn in the Exodus story. If you saw Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark, when they took the lid off that ark, there was immediate death for anyone who got close to it. And thus it was that in the presence of God, and that's literally what the Israelites believed of the Holy of Holies, the Ark of the Covenant of the Temple, it was Shekinah glory, the dwelling place of God on earth. They didn't dare come anywhere near it. They wanted to be protected 
from the presence of God, lest he strike down every sinner that came close to him. And that's why there was the curtain. And we're not speaking about a drape or a flimsy piece of fabric. We're talking about a curtain that was 60 feet tall, 20 feet taller than the roof above us. Something that was as wide as this church from west to east, but also four inches thick, 60 feet tall, 40 feet wide, four inches thick, and it was torn from top to bottom in an instant. It took 300 of the temple priests in order to move it if the curtain ever had to be replaced or shifted, and yet God in an instant was able to rip it down and rip it in two. That shows not only his might, but in a certain way, his mercy. As I said, only a high priest could gain entrance to the Holy of Holies, and only once a year, and when was that? Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. Only once per year, one person was allowed behind that curtain to offer a bloody sacrifice, hoping that God might forgive people their sins. It didn't work. They kept going year after year, and people kept sinning, and they weren't getting forgiveness. When that temple curtain was torn in two, all of a sudden, people didn't have to be afraid to come into the presence of God anymore. And people didn't have to look to a bloody animal sacrifice to try to appease God and win forgiveness of their sins. Instead of people being afraid of coming to God by tearing that curtain, at the very moment that Jesus died, it reminded us of why God came to his people to do with the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, and those high priests and their sacrifices were unable to do, where they were unable to win forgiveness for anyone's sins. In one moment on that cross at Calvary 2,000 Good Fridays ago, Jesus won forgiveness of every sinner and every sin forever and throughout time until he comes again in his glory. And so today, in every church, in every country, on every continent, in every time zone, Christians come together to hail and to recall the great price that Jesus, who is God, was willing to pay that we might be saved, that we might be forgiven, that we might become forgiving. And so now, once again, darkness covers the earth. The earth may not shake today, and there is no more curtain to be torn, but let our hearts break for the love of God, whose hearts break for the love of sinners.